Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 114 of the Imagineer Podcast. Back in November of 2020, I did a podcast episode called Disney Family Memories. It was a discussion with my mom and my two uncles who grew up going to Disney when they were kids, and they talked about their experiences visiting the 1964 World's Fair, the opening of Walt Disney World, and even taking myself and my sister and my cousins to visit Walt Disney World and Disneyland when we were kids. So many of you reached out to me and asked if I could continue that discussion with my generation, if we could talk about our Disney family memories going to the parks and watching the Disney films growing up in the mid-1980s through today. And so that's exactly what I did. In this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about growing up with Disney during the Disney Renaissance, which I know so many of you are familiar with, either because you grew up during the same time period or because you might even have kids who grew up during the 80s, the 90s, or the early 2000s. So on the episode today, I have my sister, Michelle, and my cousins, Michael and Brian, all of whom I went to Disney so often as a kid. And even through today, our most recent Disney vacation together was just within the last year. So we have a lot of Disney family memories to talk about. I also brought onto the show my loving wife, Joanna, because ever since we started dating, we have been going to Disney together as well. Our first Disney trip was the first year we were dating. We took a vacation together to Walt Disney World. Of course, we have continued that tradition just about every year. And since starting the podcast, that tradition has only accelerated as we have visited Walt Disney World and Disneyland together and even Disneyland Paris so often in the last few years. So we'll talk about our family memories together, which is a personal discussion, but one that I think so many of you will relate to. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the future and what we plan to do and how we plan to continue that legacy, because if you haven't yet heard the news, I think this is the first time I'm officially announcing it on the podcast, Joanna and I are expecting our first child in December of this year. I'm so excited to be a dad. I cannot wait to meet my daughter and take her to Walt Disney World. I am just beyond the moon excited. Joanna is as well. So we talk a little bit about uh, welcoming our uh, our daughter, and which will again be in December of this year, and how we plan to continue this legacy of Disney family memories. Before we get started, I do want to thank our partner, which is WDW Magazine. You can learn more about WDW Magazine and subscribe to their print or digital editions by clicking on the link in the podcast description of this episode or by heading to imagineerpodcast.com. I am both a subscriber and an author, so you can actually read my articles in WDW Magazine. At the end of the show, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer Podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So, grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. So 
So on the podcast back this past fall, I had my mom and my uncles come onto the show to talk about their family memories dating back to the 1964 World's Fair and then growing up with Disney in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s leading up until around the time that I was born and some of the earliest memories of my vacations which led me and a few of the listeners to wonder if I would ever do an episode that continued that idea forward into sort of my generation of, of the Disney family and, and us going to the parks uh, separately together, growing up uh, together, and then coming into the present day. So I thought it worth doing an episode to talk about that, to talk about sort of growing up with Disney in the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and, and leading into today. In order to do that, I brought back onto the show, uh, well, three people who have been on the show before, which are my better half, Joanna. Hello again. My cousins, Mike and Brian. Hello. You can go first. <laughs> I. <laughs> I think we both we'll looked at each other like, okay, who's going to speak first to say hello? So I will beat you to the punch and say hello. <laughs> and then I'll go after because that's usually the way it works here. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having us back, Matt. We're off on a good start already. And, <laughs> and new to the show, finally, after more than four years of me having this podcast, is my own sister, Michelle. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. I'm sorry it took me four years to get you on the podcast. I've had so many other people on the show and not my own sister. When we grew up going I, to Disney. I together. knew it would happen. <laughs> yeah. We made it happen. It just took took a little longer. Because Michelle is new to the show, I've already asked Mike and Brian and Joanna their favorites of the Disney parks, and I have yet to ask Michelle because you are a new guest. So I have to ask you these questions before we launch into our family memories together. So I'm going to start by asking what your favorite Disney park is. My favorite Disney park used to be the Magic Kingdom, and it has changed since to Epcot. Um, and I think that's just because, you know, as you grow up, you're, you know, it's nice to have those memories, but, you know, I have new favorite memories of Epcot um, and the fireworks shows. And yeah, that's a, that's an excellent choice. I think a lot of us change our answers as we get older. I've changed mine. I think uh, a lot of people fall into that same category. Um, yeah. And well, I'm sure as we talk today, you'll sort of reveal some of the, the reasons why your, your favorite has changed over time. Um, <clears throat> what about your favorite Disney attraction? So ironically, <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom, Splash Mountain <laughs> is my favorite. It has always been a favorite of mine from just me being a lover of flume rides and it being a classic um, and having always, you know, just you know, having to get on that fast pass line for so long, it's just always going to be my favorite until maybe next time we do this, maybe it'll change, but very unlikely. That's a good answer too. Uh, I wasn't sure what you would say for those two, but I do know what you're going to say for the next two. So I could probably guess, but I'm going to let you give the answers <laughs> anyway. Um, so moving into the category of out of the parks, into the movies, what about your favorite Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast is the obvious answer, just because I used to recite every single line at the age of two, which I think <laughs> is very unique. 
and not everyone can say they would do that. And it's on so many recordings that our parents have of, of us and of me. So yeah, Beauty and the Beast. That was going to be my guess. You could have changed your answers since then too, but that was going to be my guess. And yeah. last but not least, your favorite Disney character. My favorite Disney character has always been Eeyore. Uh, he's always been really cute and somber. And <laughs> again, it's just it just comes with those memories, right? Like every year for my birthday, you know, um, I would always get Eeyore t-shirts or backpacks or little just memorabilia. So, you know, he's just got a special place in my heart. And I feel like growing up, I could always relate to him and not always being so happy all the time. And he, he's definitely that, that kind of a character that is just so different from the others in that sense. Yeah. I, I again, I was going to predict Beauty and the Beast and Eeyore for the last two. And uh, I'm glad that I, I still know you well. Uh, and that's <laughs> what your favorites are. You got it. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is going to be, I think, fun, challenging at times to remember some of our earliest memories. And as we get closer to talking about our more recent trips together, I think some of those memories will be a little clearer in our heads. But I was trying to think back to some of my earliest memories going to Disney and what the parks were like back then. And even what it was like to see Disney movies back in the nineties, when we were experiencing the Disney Renaissance, I want to start though with, or by asking about all of your earliest Disney memories. Um, I'll start because I already I already know my earliest Disney memory and I've shared it on the podcast before. So it'll give you all a second to, to think about what your earliest memory might have been. For me, it was what I thought was a dream until I realized years later, decades later, in fact, looking back online to original photos of Epcot because the park had changed in the last you know 25 years, 30 years, that uh, my earliest memory was at the Land Pavilion. And I always remember having this, what I thought, again, was a vivid dream of being in this big room with a big fountain in the middle of the room and these glass sky ceilings, and it was all blue color along the walls. And because it was mostly blue and the memories were so faint, I, for some reason, just thought it was a dream or maybe a building I was in when I was younger, somewhere here in New York when I was maybe two. But sure enough, it was when I looked back at photos, because the land changed and major refurb in 2005, and I didn't remember it well before then, that the memory I had was of the original land pavilion being in Epcot. And not anything in particular, just kind of being there in my stroller, looking around at the balloons on the ceiling, and again, the fountain in the middle. And I always, it's amazing that I still have such an affinity for the land, but it makes sense. It's tied to my my earliest memory of, of going back to Disney. Um, I'll let anyone jump in here if you if you have your earliest memory, um, which could have been from three years ago, but your earliest memory going to Disney. So I can go. Go ahead, my, my earliest memory, which you know can always be skewed, right, Matt? Like you're, you know, you thought it was a dream. Yeah. We can always get them skewed between photographs and seeing those photographs and trying to live through those photographs again. Um, like I remember. Um, being at the Grand Floridian and when I was maybe a year or two year old, um, you know, Mary Poppins took like stole me and <laughs> took me to yeah. Dale for photos. 
So based off photographs, that's my earliest memory. But if I'm just going based off, off of pure nostalgia, it's going to be driving from New York to Florida with Matt and listening to those old cassette tapes over and over again and us just being in the backseat doing really weird things that you would do when you're <laughs> driving over X amount of hours down there. <laughs> and it and, and I mean, such vivid memories of that too. And just time and time again, we used to do the same thing over and over again that we would create memories through just listening to the same music and reliving it all the time. But those are my earliest memories is not even being in the park, but just the excitement of getting there. Yeah, I think there's so much instant gratification in the world today that we almost forget. Not that you can, it still takes the same amount of time to drive, but there's so many distractions that we have between our phones and even in a car, kids these days are so lucky that they have entertainment systems built into the cars. So even if you are driving 20 hours, you can watch three, four, not three or four movies. You can watch movies all day and just let time pass by. Back then, Michelle and I didn't have, and I know Mike, Brian, and Joanna was the same for you driving in the car. You didn't have iPhones or entertainment systems necessarily, um, especially when we were very young uh, to keep us company. So we would be listening to those cassette tapes, um, playing games in the car and just entertaining ourselves for literally 20 hours uh, across two days to get down to Disney and that anticipation of finally getting there. Talk about building patience in young children. That is, that definitely helped to build patience for me when I was, uh, when I was a kid, but um, Mike or Brian, do you have an earliest memory? Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> So for me, they're just little fragments, but to Michelle's point, you know, it sometimes is hard to distinguish between what is an actual memory versus what do you remember seeing as a photo or a video? Yeah. Um, my parents, they, and I know my dad talked about it when he was on the podcast that he had, you know, the, the two setup thing for the video camera, the massive video camera, and then the, the tape deck that it would record to. So we have videos where, you know, I was an infant basically at Disney world. Um, so those are memories that I know from videos, but in terms of memories, myself remembering, they're just little fragments of some of the attractions. So like world of motion, when you first get on and kind of go outside and go up the ramp and turn around. I remember that, uh, horizons, the orange smell, um, and just the, uh, was it Mesa Verde uh, area? I, I remember fragments of those things. Um, I remember a little bit of image works upstairs in the Imagination Pavilion. So a lot of Epcot. Yeah. Um, I think one of my most vivid memories, though, I think this was more mid to late 90s, is walking under um, between the interventions area and going to whether it's the land pavilion or on the other side, um, Horizons or Mission Space, and just hearing the interventions plaza loop playing over and over again. So that's a very vivid memory, uh, which is one of the reasons why that audio track is just for me is so nostalgic because it just brings back that memory. I think it's a lot of a lot of Disney fans who grew up with Epcot being a core part of your Disney vacations growing up in the 90s or the late or the 80s, even the early 2000s, that music loop, I think, is distinctly future world. And that's the part that we remember a lot. But you're right. I remember Imageworks very faintly. I remember the original load area for Journey into Imagination, which is not what it is today. You entered around where now the staircase is for the entrance to the Disney Vacation Club member lounge. He entered kind of on the right. It was a really different setup, but where that wall is, where you walk into the queue now, if you can imagine where you exit, there was sort of this 
Um, there wasn't a barrier. There wasn't a wall there. It was all one big open space. And you can go and look at photos now. And if you look, you can still see in the original photos that that staircase that now again goes up to the member lounge used to be ImageWorks being a part of the, you know, on the other side of this Omnimover entry system, you would enter into uh, the right side of the station, then on the left side of the exit, hard to describe, but you can see photos. And then I do remember, I don't remember the Horizon's orange smell, but I do remember the giant IMAX screens that you would enter into and you would see the space station um, of the future. And it was just such a, and at Mesa Verde, a little, I also remember, plus the ending, I used to love being able to choose if you were going to choose out in space or out in the desert or undersea um, and get a different experience every time. Very forward thinking for the eighties. But anyway, um, Mike was having trouble. Joanna, do you have an earliest? I was not having trouble. I was being respectful. <laughs> Me it sounded like you wanted Brian to go first. He still wanted to think about it. <laughs> no, I have a list. I was the most prepared out of everyone in this. <laughs> hey. What are you talking about? Always prepared. That's That's always go. prepared. Let's well, go. Just well, I'm, go. Gonna let, I'm still going to let Joanna go first. <laughs> That's fair. I don't care. The okay. The eldest goes the last. There you go. Um. So actually, my earliest uh, memories, I have pretty vivid memories because the first time we went to Disney, I was already six years old. So I do remember a lot from those trips um, that we took. Um, my brother remembers nothing. <laughs> and he still to this day, he probably doesn't even remember the last trip he went on, <laughs> which was when like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would say probably my first memory from that trip was checking into the contemporary and going to our room. And if you know, um, when I was six, it was about 97. So you probably already know what I'm about to say. Uh, back in 1997, Disney was celebrating their 25th birthday and decorated the castle as a very pink birthday cake. <laughs> and I loved it. I was so happy. <laughs> well, I was six, Brian. <laughs> I remember thinking how beautiful it was. Exactly, exactly. As a young girl your age. <laughs> right. But that was actually probably my first absolute memory of Disney is seeing the birthday cake castle. And obviously we have lots of pictures of it, uh, specifically from the Contemporary, because that was the first hotel um, I ever stayed at. Um, but I, I do remember staring out our window, the giant glass windows, seeing the birthday cake. We're going to have to talk. I'm already having, I have my list of questions prepared. Um, Mike prepared all his answers. I didn't prepare answers. I just prepared a ton of questions, not thinking about my own answers, but now I'm thinking about even more questions based on this, including resort hotels. Cause I remember staying at Michelle and I were lucky enough to stay at the contemporary once. Um, and I remember we stayed in the North garden wing, which no longer exists. It's now where Bay Lake tower sits, but we were on the first floor and we had a view of space mountain. And I wanted to make sure that I took the position like the farthest spot to the window so that I could see outside, wake up in the morning, like jump out of bed and open the open the blinds and see Space Mountain. I remember that. That was not like we I think we we're probably that was around the same same time or early 2000s. I can't remember when. But anyway, we'll talk about resorts. Mike, you have a list of stories prepared. So what is your I earliest do. story on your list or earliest memory? Okay, there's a couple of things I want to bring up. Okay. And um but as far as earliest memory, I remember 
the original universe of energy. Wow. I do not remember that at all. And this is a memory. This is not a video. This is an actual memory. That's probably one of my earliest memories. And I remember the very ending of that attraction because it was so freaking trippy that when you're a kid, you're like, there's like lasers and lights and mirrors and all kinds of stuff that's going on. And your mind is just freaking blown. You know, that I do remember as a kid. So you, the original universe of energy is probably my earliest memory. I do remember quite a bit of world of motion. So in retrospect, uh, I am a little bit older than everybody in this group. So I am very fortunate that a lot of things that you have glimpse of memories about, I remember very vividly. Like I remember everything about horizons, everything about that attraction. Um, and those are actually memories, not even videos, but memories from start to finish. I remember quite a bit about world of motion. So I also remember Dream Flight. Wow. I don't remember if you remember Dream Flight at all. I which is have, you know, it's weird because World of Motion and Delta Dream Flight, I have, well, it wasn't always Delta Dream Flight, but I have mixed memories between the two. And it's hard for me to distinguish which is which because they were in some way connected. Obviously, Dream Flight was a lot shorter and <laughs> was not as elaborate. I mean, World of Motion is the same building that Test Track was is in, but you know, and in Dream Flight is that little space that's Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. Um, so World of Motion, I remember being an elaborate, I think, twenty minute attraction, whereas Dream Flight was maybe six minutes, seven minutes, maybe was, ten. Definitely yeah, it was it was relatively half. short. It was a pretty yeah. short attraction, and you're right, it, especially only until I started watching videos later did i also mix the two up because they had a very similar pre premise and also the way that the the scenes were designed a number of times they can you can kind of confuse the two a little bit from here and there so i actually had the same problem as well until i saw videos later on yeah that was that was definitely one of them that i i kind of vaguely remember but but not a lot so um, speaking of resorts, so Brian, Brian, Joanna mentions that she stayed at Contemporary her first trip. Michelle and I stayed off property several times when we were younger. We stayed in Kissimmee and it was a holiday inn. I think it was, and I'm pretty sure it was on 192, that stretch of Kissimmee. It no longer exists, but it was right at the, the, the close to the entrance, the world drive entrance of Walt Disney world. So I remember we would get up, we would get in our car, we would drive into property, which is only about a two, three minute drive. We would turn on the AM radio station to hear what the park hours were for the day, because you couldn't look it up. There was no internet, um, <clears throat> at least not easily accessible from your car. So we turn on the AM radio station. We would know what the park hours were and where to park and where to go and um, walk, go through the sign every single day. And then as we were getting a little older, I think more in the late 90s was when we started staying on property and also when we started flying to Disney. Dad still wanted to rent a car, so we never took Magical Express. I think the Magical Express I, did, I took for the first time when I was in college um, because Dad always rented a car. We would drive and we'd incorporate it into a, a bigger Florida trip. But uh, then I remember our first time staying on property was at what's now Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. Back then it was called Dixie Landings Resort. Um, and that was probably, you know, some of my fondest memories from being a kid at Disney were when we were staying 
at Dixie Landings. Um, I loved that resort and I still I still do. It's such a, a beautiful resort. Um, Michelle, do you remember staying there at all? Oh yeah, I have so <laughs> many memories and you know, like, like you said, it's such a beautiful resort and so understated, you know, um, from, from just the, you know, the water and the ducks, I think there were, and yeah, the ducks. The <laughs> Disney all, ducks. The, all the nature there was so beautiful. And yet again, you know, Disney has such a way of making you feel like you're in a whole other world, no matter where you are. And so, you know, being so young, you were so immersed in the resort as it was, aside from when you went to the parks, that was a totally different feeling. So for us, I remember feeling so relaxed when we went. I remember we would always go to the cafeteria and get those cups, those oh, yeah, the refillable mugs cups that we would refill all the time. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure mine had Splash Mountain on it. And I remember <laughs> it was, I remember Splash Mountain was so, I was so fond of it because I had the cup. Um, and then I had um, a t-shirt as well. So I remember back in the 90s, um, that and just traditions that we had, right? So we would make, you know, like you said, Matt, we made our trips to Disney, you know, longer trips in, within Florida. And so I remember, you know, I, I'm sure you remember this, but, you know, we had Easter there once and we had Passover there and we had, you know, our own little celebrations that were, again, just another way of us just killing time and making the, making the most of being bored and not having internet. <laughs> and, yeah. and those memories are so alive and they're, it, it's, it's so interesting how they still are some of my favorite and funniest memories, you know? So it's yeah, true. a lot of those are off, um, um, you know, out of the parks and actually in the resorts. Yeah. I remember always renting a boat and taking that to, the uh i forgot the name of the lake but around down what was then downtown disney and that yeah. would drive the boat around there and and take us back you and, went on a boat yeah i know i can't do it anymore we sure did. <laughs> i don't know if i, I was maybe, like why haven't we gone on a cruise <laughs> <laughs> they're much much calmer waters at disney than uh than out of the ocean <laughs> really smooth yeah really smooth maybe yeah. not with dad driving the boat but <laughs> as smooth as you can get <laughs> um Mike and Brian, I have no idea where you stayed when you were growing up. I was just, think, just trying to think about it. I don't know if we ever really talked about it. I don't remember where we stayed when we were really little, but I know towards the mid to late 90s, we actually would get um, rental houses. And so we would go uh, stay at a home um, and then drive into the to the parks and whatnot. And Matt, uh, to the AM radio, yeah, I remember always putting that on, hearing the Disney music and everything like that. So that was always the, hey, we're at Disney kind of sign. Um, but I don't remember where we stayed kind of in the early nineties. Mike, do you remember? I think a couple of times we stayed at the same holiday Inn. Oh, really? <laughs> on I-90. I'm almost positive. I think not often, but I think once or twice when we, when we traveled, cause sometimes as a family, we would caravan down together, down to that, Disney world. That's true. And when we did that, I think once or twice, we actually stayed in the same hotel as well. And I'm pretty sure it was at Holiday Inn because I remember vividly uh, we stayed at a hotel. I don't remember if it was a Holiday Inn or not, but it was uh, like right off the highway. So I'm pretty sure that was the same one. Yeah, it was right off I-4. It was at the, again, 
the south entrance of of Disney and Kissimmee, uh, it was I think probably a common place to say they did have a lot of a lot of rooms. It's now I, I have to remember I we passed it. I've passed it a few times and I can't remember what it is now, but at the time I'm pretty sure it was, uh, if I'm thinking it's the same place, cause it looked kind of familiar. I think it was, it was one of those first hotels as you're coming from I four. I'm on the South side of 192. Uh, for those of you who are, who know Orlando roads pretty well, that's where I think it was. Um, is there anything at Disney that uh, no longer exists that you miss? We talked a little bit about horizons journey to imagination um, world of motion, dream flight. Uh, some of those things, like I, I love world of motion, um, from what I remember of it, but I have to say test track, <laughs> I would pick test track over world of motion any day. It's, uh, such a great family attraction. Um, but are there any other attractions that you miss that no longer exist that were around when you were growing up? Thank so this for- is going to be a part, this is going to be a part <laughs> two, like a two-parter, right? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> We should we should have a whole episode just about this. The highlights. Brian's a timekeeper, which I, I agree. I miss timekeeper. I, I miss I wish I could miss timekeeper because I never seen it. And I feel like it would probably be my absolute favorite attraction if I actually had done it. I think so too. Yeah. It's Joanna one of those attractions. It's one of those attractions where I think I loved it as a kid, but I appreciate it way more as an adult. Yes. Totally agree. Because of all all the all the ad the jokes that Robin Williams did on that attraction, I appreciate them so much more now than I did back then. But uh I do I, that's one of the things I really do miss because of that reason. I think that as all of us as adults, going back and seeing Timekeeper really would have way different meaning than when we saw it as as kids. Totally agree. Also for me, I remember it, it was I loved the attraction, but I also hated it because you had to stand and yes. I was a kid. So you're like, okay, air conditioning, great, but I have to stand still. No. Now as an adult, (laughs) it's like, okay, I appreciate the attraction, like you said, Mike, and I think I would be more inclined to enjoy it even with having to stand. I have really horrible memories of the timekeeper. I remember being so young and Tom Morrow to me seemed bigger than life. And I think it was, I think it had to do with those big screens Yeah. that being so young. I think that's where my fear of the 360 or 180, I can't really exactly it was, remember. Yeah, it was 360. It was. it was 360. It scared me so much. I do not miss that attraction. I remember crying as mom was holding me, someone was holding me. And I remember having to close my eyes and look down and the sounds were loud. And I was how, I don't, I don't even remember how old I was. It was one of my, it's one of my first attraction memories and it's horrifying to me, <laughs> which is so funny because our memory gets so, they're so warped when we're little, right? And Disney is so different in your eyes when you're little versus now, I would probably, you know, if it was still there, I might be like, wow, this is really boring. <laughs> you know? Okay. Speaking of, scaring 3d <laughs> movies for me oh yeah. well still still they could be pretty scary if you do it's tough to be a bug that can still scare grown adults <laughs> there was two specific i have actually this this one i'm about to talk about earliest from memories there's two that i have one is muppet vision 3d which yes. now i love as a kid that scared me so much i refused for years <laughs> to go back on that and i'll tell you why I remember this scene exactly because it's one yeah. of my also my earliest memories. Yeah. It's Waldo 
I already knew. I already knew. It's my. I used to be scared of that part too. It's like. And I could tell you specifically the part too. Yes, that's the part. That's the part. (laughs) The part like you think I'm talking to everybody else, but I'm talking to you. And as soon as that happened, like I had to close my eyes for the rest of that of the whole show, and I refused since then to go on that. So you're the um, reason why I haven't, I didn't ride that attraction until way yep, later. Yep. Because no, no, I refuse to go on that until it's much later. And it's I know I mean, it's one of my favorite things. I actually look forward to it every time we go to Disney yes. now, but back then, no, there's a second one too. And this is also an earliest memory. The is Captain EO. I don't, I, I have no memories of Captain EO except when they resurfaced it. Um, yep. like five, 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember when it originally came out. That's and a I scary that, 3D show. That's a very that's scary really 3D scary show. show. And the the flying one, uh, fuzzball, that that flies around. That like it, it's like a freaking moth. It's like coming after you. So like that that scared me. And also, of course, too, the evil the evil queen oh, um, yeah. as well, because it's like very very macabre kind of like alien kind of style to her and things like that too. So that also really scared me. And then. Actually, I lied. There's a third one too that really. This is why I was like, <laughs> I swore off 3D movies for a long time. Is Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? Yes. Yeah. With the freaking snake. <laughs> yes. I didn't like the mice. And the mice. Well, the mice didn't really bother me that much. Um, it kind of like creeps me out a little bit. But well, the snake. Because, it's because your legs are too short to feel the the tail. Yes. That's <laughs> yes, <why>. Totally. <laughs> I think I felt it a little bit. I mean, because I was. By the time Honey, I Shrunk the Audience came out, I mean, I was probably hmm, 12 years old at that point. So, I mean, it, it didn't like, it creeped me, it more or less creeped me out in general. I think I was still scarred at that point from Muppet Vision 3D and Captain EO. <laughs> so that's why like, even like, um, it's tough to be a bug. I just refuse to do that ride. Like, I <laughs> well, was like flat so, out like, no, no, I, I don't like 3D movies. So I'm off of it. Wait, have you ever done it? We did it once. I think oh, we yeah. did it Animal once. Kingdom first opened, and I will once never. Well, I won't ride that again um, because of the 4D component of it. The mm. so the bee stinging you, and then also at the very end. So this was. I a love that part. Stop. But no. the very end, when all the bugs would walk out, you know, first you didn't know what was going on, and then we had walkie-talkies because we didn't have cell phones back then, and that had fallen out of my pocket. So when I sat back down, I sat on top of that, and so it was oh, actually no. something real under there scared oh. the crap out of me. And I'm like, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Well, that's well Mike, funny. how do you feel about Philharmagic then? Something that's a little more gentle. Oh, I love it. But that came out much later on. I mean, I was only like freaked out by those until like maybe I was like 12, maybe 13 years so old. So it was bad that you were afraid of 3D shows for a while. For a while, right. And and Philharmagic yeah. is not like that. That doesn't have anything scary in it. So not at all. That's I mean, that's I actually asking. one of my favorite attractions now, like by far is yeah. like, I love that attraction so much. So, and even like Captain EO, I, I actually really appreciate when they re-release it. I really appreciated what that film was. So even though it was kind of weird and trippy, but it was kind of cool to see like the, com- the combination of Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas and all these like legendary actors. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> it was just like, okay, like the weirdest combination, but now I really appreciate what it is because of that reason. Yeah. Um, Want to track you, you guys? I, I, I didn't even go yet. I was going to say, I was going to kind of queue up or you're going to talk. But I, I want to hear what you're going to talk about. Well, I didn't want you to steal it from me. I wasn't going to steal it, but I think, go ahead. I think he was. I was going to tee you up for it. Okay, what is it? Are you going to talk about Alien Encounter? 
Oh my God. You know, I see, is this, is this a question of which ride traumatized you the most or which one you <laughs> missed the most? Because like, <laughs> we did, we did, we did pivot into tra traumatic experiences. I was traumatized just walking past alien encounter as a kid, um, which is why I never walked into the building. And I saw, I remember, I distinctly still remember seeing kids about my age at the time coming out in tears, it was probably me screaming. It could have been you. <laughs> <laughs> What do you miss or what do you, right, what do you well, most traumatized I want to talk a little bit more positively, okay. I think. Um, I have not had the opportunity to ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway yet. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it's wonderful. But I really miss the great movie ride. I mean, that was something so classic. And I feel like it could have stood the test of time. It really could have because they just needed to, you know, add different movies to the the end sequence. And I don't know, I feel like I, I really love that one, right? Um, but I'm sure Mickey and May's Runaway Railway is a wonderful addition to the park. Um, so I, I think they made the right decision getting rid of that one, even though that I miss it so much. That also scared me as a kid. Of course. It well, is. Alien or <laughs> that that and the Indiana Jones sequence too. Both of those um, were. You didn't you know, like when you're young. You didn't like snakes. Yeah. No, no, it's not that too. It was like the whole the whole Indiana Jones sequence was was kind of like when you're like five six years old. Yeah, that can yeah. be like you know that can be kind of scary when you're looking at it as a kid. Um, I I didn't understand like Alien for sure. Alien. Yeah, I didn't understand the Alien part when I went on it at first because we we weren't sitting in a place that the Alien really like freaked me out. That makes sense. You know how there's two aliens on there. One comes from the ceiling and then the other one's like right off the side for the second car. But we weren't in a spot that it would have freaked. I'm sure I'm hundred percent sure it would have freaked me out if I saw it, but I didn't. So I liked it. <laughs> I would say as a kid, yes, the alien part freaked me out, but also the jewel scene. So where the, oh, yeah. whoever hijacks the attraction, whether it be the cowboy or the gangster, and then your original host comes back, that part freaked me out. And then also the uh, Wicked Witch at the very end as well, that also creeped me out. Because as a kid, it looked real. Like they did a phenomenal job with the realism there and all the effects. So obviously as you're older, you're like, oh, well, whatever. But when you're a kid, yeah, don't want to go up against the Wicked Witch. No, the movie, The Wizard of Oz, scared me as a kid. So the scene in Great Movie Ride also scared me as a kid, but not as much as, uh, well, the alien The alien was a little scary, but I was also going to say the, um, I was convinced, especially the first time I wrote it, not convinced, but confused, thinking perhaps with the gangster scene that there was a real criminal taking over our vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> You truly you know, believe that? No, I don't think I did, but I was. It was scary. It was convincing. So, on a less traumatic note, I will agree that I do miss the Great Movie Ride. That yeah. was a classic attraction. Uh, I'll also add to the list the original Backlot Tour. Oh, that's true. So when you when had it was the full huge. thing. Yep, you actually had a Backlot and everything. I also, on tops of on that, the animation when they actually had an animation studio and you got to see what was going on. I do miss that as well. That was really cool to see. I miss that too. I actually remember. One of my, my uh, fond memories of that tour was when we saw early drawings of, at the time, was called Children of the Sun. And I want to know if you guys know what ended up, that film ended up being. I think I know. Does anybody else want to take a guess? I do not. Is it The Emperor's New Groove? Yes, it is. Yeah. That is so random. <laughs> <laughs> nice guess. 
Well, it's like, uh, yeah, children of the sun, the like the sun god. Um, I mm-hmm. think that was the the idea behind it. And and then it turned into a llama. Like, well, what's the connection? No, it's just the name. No, the name. no, no. Actually, it was it was the same story, but it was a very different feel to it. So it was still a story about the the um, the emperor, like literally turning into a llama, and then you know being with the people. Like the, that whole story was still the the core of it was still the same, but it was a much darker tone. So that it was a most, supposed to be a much more serious uh, film. And then they decided to go completely the opposite direction <laughs> and make it into Emperor's New Groove. But that was, I remember seeing the original uh, artwork that they had on display and they remember calling it Children of the Sun was originally what it was called. Yeah. I want to say I remember them going through Mulan, but I can't remember if Mulan was one of the films that they actually animated there. I think it might have been. I think they did, or, you know, it's funny. I did talk to um, Tony Bancroft last year, but I can't remember because he talked about Mulan. I can't remember if he said it was animated there or not. In either either case, I know that um, they did a lot in Orlando in the 90s when it came to animation. Yeah, um, and I'm sure at the time they included drawings from Mulan because that was, that was the thing in the 90s, you know, the parades, anything like that. Whenever the new movie was coming out, they always pushed it hard, so... I'm not sure if I remember them actually animating it or if it was just a promotion for Mulan. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, moving along a little bit, uh, you know, I feel like we sort of had, in my case, a lot of the same memories between uh, the, you know, sort of late 90s going until the early 2000s. I think my vacations only really changed once I started the Disney College program. And then after that, it started pivoting a little bit and getting to a deeper level, I think, of Disney vacations. Um, But are there any other stories that stand out from, I'd say, before college, um, in in middle school, high school, um, anything that stands out to you from your Disney trips? Yeah. (laughs) What do you got, Joanna? (laughs) Um, Actually, like most most of my family memories are from middle school and elementary school, because that's when I spent the most of my time going to Disney. I, I probably only went three times before meeting Matt. Um, and the second time we went was for the millennium, like the actual millennium. We were, we were literally in, um, Frontierland watching the fireworks all over the place in December 31st, 1999. Um, which is so cool. I just remember being at home. <laughs> so. No, like we were there and a very fond memory of mine, not so much my brother, um, is that same day, that same night when we were watching the fireworks, as soon as the fireworks started going off, he got extremely sick. And yeah, well, he was, you know, uh, how do you say? We got it. There's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to say. All over, all <laughs> over Frontierland. Um, but the next day, New Year's Day, my dad uh, asked me, we woke up that morning. My brother was still very sick. My mom was going to stay with him. My dad asked me, okay, Joanna, where do you want to go today? We can go anywhere you want to go. And I'm like, wow, I don't have to worry about my brother. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I can go anywhere in the whole Disney world. <laughs> I chose to go to Toontown (laughs) and only Toontown (laughs) just to ride 
um, the go- we called it just the goofy roller coaster back then. And I rode that over and over again. That's all I did. <laughs> the barnstormer. Yes. I just rode that. I have a memory about this whole now. Day. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> it's just, you know, in hindsight, if, if I had known, <laughs> I could have done anything. And I just was like, dad, let's go to Toontown so I can ride Barnstormer over and over again. <laughs> and and he has to really love you because that coaster is not built for adults. He didn't, he didn't go on it. No, he, oh, okay. he didn't go he on it. He watched me. <laughs> he just watched me go on Barnstormer by myself. I sat in every seat every time I went right back online, got right back in. Um, and I got a Mickey premium bar and it was just such a nice memory for me as a little girl, even though, you know, it could have been much better. Um, <laughs> but I think I had a good time. That's all that counts. <laughs> it's a lot of pictures of me on Barnstormer. I'll say that. <laughs> Your also, memory of Barnstormer was so is so joyful. And I remember when mom and I went on the Barnstormer one night, there was a lightning storm nearby. And as soon as the roller coaster gets crazy, we are just getting lightning all around us. And I remember feeling like it was going to get shut down or something. And it was pretty cool though, but it was scary because I was younger, you know, and we were getting rained on and the lightning was all around us. And I'm like, we're on a roller coaster right now. This is not the place to be. (laughs) And I still love it though. It's still one of my favorite childhood rides. And just like Joanna, I would be, I would be like running to Toontown just to go on the barnstormer. That, that reminds me of one time in the summer. I'm pretty sure I was on the college program because I don't think I was with any of you, but I remember riding Thunder Mountain at night and Thunder Mountain and Disney World, for those of you who know, is mostly indoors. It's at least covered. But then once you get into the ramp that takes you downstairs uh, to the load area, you really can't tell what's going on outside. And then you board the vehicle and you still can't really tell what's going on outside, especially at night. Uh, So I remember being in the queue and there was nothing noteworthy happening. We go down into the ramp, we get into the vehicle, we go into the tunnel, you know, we come up the main lift, it's all still inside. And then we come out the tunnel and it is pouring rain, (laughs) (laughs) pouring rain. (laughs) And I'm like, oh no, and I just got drenched the entire ride and we'd like go into a tunnel i'd be like freezing inside because we've now been outside in the pouring rain and we get back into like an air-conditioned cave or you know a naturally conditioned uh naturally cold cave and then we go back outside again into the cold that into was the into the wet to the wet yeah it was the summer so it was not that cold and man it was at, at the end of the day in the summer in the rain thunder mountain and i sat in the back is the fastest attraction at Disney. It's so fast because the train is so slick from all the heat during the day where it it heats up the grease and the oil on the track. And now you add water to that grease and oil. It was, I could have sworn that the coaster was like going to like fly me out into the, when we went down a drop, uh, that was a a very fond memory, but I don't think I would voluntarily choose to do it again because it was I, I came off so ride in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wildest ride in the wilderness. I mean, it's one thing going into an indoor attraction and coming out and it's raining, but it's another thing going onto an outdoor attraction that starts indoors and then coming out and it being pouring rain. It was uh, a very unique experience. So, um, 
Do you guys remember your first trip without parents? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember the which one was the first one. I, it was probably for you guys, Mike and Brian. It might have been you coming to visit me on the Disney College program. I feel like that was probably the first time. Are you sure that was Disney like World? I feel like you guys went to Disneyland too. We did, but never, never alone. I we remember did. which one it was, and it was with Mike and Brian. And you guys surprised me. It was just yeah. Matt and I. <laughs> And I can't remember if it was my birthday no. or if there was some special occasion, but for some reason, you guys wanted to scare the, the <laughs> Jesus out of me. <laughs> and I remember it was just Matt and I. We were in which resort were we staying in? Well, you thought it was just the two of us. And we were staying at Old Key West. And we were was... staying in Old Key West. And yeah. I went to take a shower as soon as we got off the airplane. And I get out get myself together and walk into the living room and lo and behold, Mike and Brian are just staring there and standing <laughs> there. And I'm just in complete shock. <laughs> I thought it was just Matt and I, and it was about so much more fun that, that I remember was my first um, experience without the parents was, was just fun. Matt. And I remember it was so fun because I remember trusting Matt was going to lead the way. And, and that was really fun being the four of us. That was a great time. I also remember too, I, I don't remember if this was the same trip or not, but I also, um, some of the, the most fond, fondest memories I have of Disney is being with family. And I remember I think this was maybe the same trip or maybe a trip later where um, I actually was still healing from a foot injury and oh, yeah. I had to be wheelchaired around because yes, I couldn't yes, handle the walking. Yes, you wheelchaired you around everywhere. So, yeah, I do so, remember this. So you guys took turns wheelchairing me around <laughs> Disney. That was fun. And that was, yeah. I think, especially at Magic Kingdom, we got to do a lot of the attractions um, through like, I don't, I don't remember if they gave us a, a pass to come back later, but like you couldn't do the standby queue for a lot of Magic Kingdom. So we either were waiting yep. around for our time to ride, or in some cases, I think we just we had fast passes or we tried to use fast pass as much as possible. Um, but I, I do remember that too. Um, Joanna, was your first time without parents with me? Yeah. That was fun. That was a whole week. Yeah. That was seven. We did, I think that we were not even dating a year. Um no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's you know, because it's Matthew and, you know, he loves Disney. I don't know if you knew. Um, oh, really? I had no idea. <laughs> but that was our first trip together as just like a dating couple. Um, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you had a good time. <laughs> no, it was, I, I do, you know, it's hard to remember that first trip because we've done it so many times now, but. Um, we stayed at Pop Century. Yeah, but we stayed at Pop Century multiple times. That's true. <laughs> um, I can't remember like one particular like thing that we did on that first did we trip. Did, did we did the Segway tour? On the first trip? We might have. I think no. we did a tour on every trip. One tour. Well, hang on. Let me get this. Joanna's going to go get the scrapbook. I have the scrapbook. Yes. But uh, I think, yeah, Joanna and I did, did vacations together at that point. We did a seven-day trip our first year together. Um, and then the next year, we did 10 days which was crazy. I don't think I've ever done a trip that long since yeah. other than living there. Joanna's got the scrapbook. The scrapbook was our first trip. So, so we did do the Segway tour in Epcot, which was really cool. 
I missed that actually. I wish they still had it. That was a great tour. Oh, and we saw the fireworks from California Grill. Yep. Back when it was still Wishes. Yeah, wow. That was a long time. And it was the original test track. It wasn't even test track 2.0. Yeah. We've known each other a long time. <laughs> well, yeah, original test track. We did the Segway tour, which was really interesting. They don't even have that in Epcot anymore. No. They got rid of that. I'm glad we were able to do it. Me too. We did direct- it was a good value too. What is this? Lights motors action. Lights motors action, yeah. I'm just flipping through the scrapbook. Calif- uh, not California. We did California Girl, also 1900 Park Fair. I said, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Conservation Station, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Dinosaur. Main Street, Ele- Main Street Electrical Parade. There was that and also Spectra Magic, I remember back in the day. Still wow. get that song oh, stuck wow. in my head. I, still, I, still, I actually do remember that parade. Yeah. I do yeah. remember that one. Spectra Magic, I remember a lot because they brought it back when I was on the college program as like a um, like they brought back Main Street Electrical Parade a couple of times and they brought back Spectra Magic when I was on the college program. Um, so that I remember distinctly seeing quite a bit when I was uh, when I was there. So that was fun. The Segway tour was probably the best part. Yeah. Very unique. That was that was fun. And then one trip you took me for Wild Africa Trek for my birthday. That was, was also, also a blast. That was also fun. Yeah. That's still around and that I still highly recommend if you're up for something adventurous, just don't do it in like July or August at 3 p.m. But otherwise, pretty much any other time of the year, um, especially in the morning, it's it's fantastic to do that tour. Yeah. But um, we've done a couple of really great recent family trips uh, together. I think the first major one we did was for my birthday. Um and that was a big trip that was big that was even a big birthday that was my you know 29th birthday that wasn't anything well i guess it's like the last of the 20s but still like, you can make <laughs> any you just any couldn't birthday. wait until your 30th <laughs> yeah yeah i couldn't um but that was with the, the make the day at the magic Kingdom. we had 23 people but even the other days with all matching shirts all matching shirts all matching shirts that was yep. thanks to michelle 23 matching yep. shirts <laughs> Um, yeah that was really fun yeah that was a great trip and that was just a few days um and then probably even more memorable than that was more recently when we did um mike and brian your dad's birthday trip sort of carrying that tradition forward of birthday trips at disney which has only been a recent thing um which is interesting uh and memorable because it was your dad's birthday and also because Michelle had a very special uh, occasion. If that you... was very nice. That was, a, <laughs> that, was a, that was a nice surprise and a nice day to get engaged on the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, did you expect that to, uh, to happen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband, Louie, and I have very little secrets and (laughs) I just don't think he could hold it back and was so nervous because I mean it was going to be the whole family just literally watching this unfold (laughs) but I I learned the secrets of how it how it happened afterward which I can so much appreciate like the passing of the ring and Joanna was a huge part of that I know Matt was and um you know, there were there were some parts of it that were a surprise, some that were I I had a huge feeling it would happen. Um and he he just kind of kept saying to me, like, you know, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, 
um, you know, I, you know, I started to get a feeling once, you know, Matt was like, let's take a picture together. I'm like, why? And then you're like, come on, Louie. <laughs> um, but still, you know, when it happens, it, it, it's still like a surprise no matter what. And it was so special because it's, you know, Louie, before we met, had never been to Disney, let alone outside of the state practically um, around Colorado where we are. So it, it was really special for both of us and just to keep those traditions alive. And I think that's why we've had these reunions lately, right? Is because we really miss those times when we when we were younger and it's just a nice way to keep it alive. And now we have our, you know, really close friends that come, we have our spouses that come or soon to be. And just to keep that tradition alive is so, it's so special. So yeah. that was my, that's my favorite memory. And the shirt I'm wearing now is actually, I'll be your Minnie and he has I'll be your Mickey mm -hmm. and a shirt that I will have forever, hopefully. <laughs> it's such, such a perfect, uh, yeah, such a perfect um, way to celebrate that occasion. And I, I'm glad that the whole family was there and it was such a, a memorable occasion. And we're definitely going to talk about the future as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about nostalgia, um, we tend to always think very positively about the way things were. Um, is there anything before we talk about the future that exists now that you think is better about Disney than when we were growing up going to Disney? It's a long pause. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's kind of very similar to what I said, you know, a few moments ago is just that our family is really has grown you know, and it's, it's, it's nice to have those memories of the small group of us, but the fact that we've been able to keep the magic alive in our family and still be able to enjoy it just in different ways, even, um, you know, and I think having Matt and even Mike and Brian, who are all, and even Joanna at this point, you guys are such bigger gurus than I am because I am all about the classics and don't really keep up as much as you guys do with the current events. Is It's so nice that throughout the years of all of our memories, you guys have learned so much to be able to say, this is when we're going to go on this ride. This is <laughs> how we get to this land from here. Um, you know, these are kind of the rules and how they've changed. And it honestly, it you know, the spontaneity is nice, but also having a plan has become such a, an easier way for us to enjoy those in-between moments and not having to worry about the hustle and bustle as much. And I think that is something that is so different than what it used to be. I personally like it more. Yeah, I think we're definitely more knowledgeable. And um, <clears throat> I think, uh, Brian deserves a lot of credit too for helping to plan in particular because he and I, when we do trips together um, with a large group, especially tend to plan and our strategy usually is to plan for broad strokes um, and to leave all the, the smaller in between moments to be spontaneous. Although I have to say um, we haven't talked about Disneyland, which I, I totally forgot to talk oh, about. This is a good story. And uh, <laughs> we, we had quite a great, uh, great success story at Disneyland, thanks to Joanna. <laughs> um, but I can't remember, I think were we, um, oh, that was our most recent trip. 
when when we we, we started going because we were east coasters we didn't really go to disneyland until i think the late 90s was the earliest i went and then we kind of went every every couple of years every two three years after that um but on our most recent trip to disneyland we had a, a quite eventful morning i think it was, it was um, oh I re- honestly yeah. it was a whole day i i now remember <laughs> do you remember do you remember how the events happened um first thing was we didn't we weren't staying at the official disneyland resorts so we couldn't get into the park early however we were second in line like literally second in line second for the main the main, the main gate yeah trying to get in one single guy ahead of us and i got in nice matt got in nice brian got in nice <laughs> And then Mike, I I don't know what happened to Mike's ticket, but um, I don't know. Did you put it, did you rub it against the credit card or something? (laughs) Because it did not not like you. So I think one thing to keep in mind, so this is when we had MaxPass at Disneyland. Yes. And I had learned before that the first thing you do when you go into the park is make sure that your MaxPass is active. Because I got, when you were, when I used an annual pass, um, for Disneyland. So I'm now in Phoenix. So I would go to Disneyland a couple of times a year. And when you would go the first day, usually you wouldn't have a problem. Second day, multiple times I would run into an issue where MaxPass wouldn't work for me. And anyone who uses MaxPass knows how important it is to have that thing ready to go on your phone, especially. And we were going, I think it was the day before New Year's Eve. Or, uh, yeah, it yeah, was December yeah, it was 30th. December 30th. Yeah. Um, so we, we knew the park was going to be really crowded. So we wanted to make sure everything was ready to go. So as soon as we all got into the turnstiles, that wasn't the issue. It was, we checked our max passes and I can't remember. I, I think it was either Mike or I, um, I it think was Mike. I was, <laughs> always me. It's always sure. me. I'm always the problem. Um, but I think we, we were using my phone for both purposes or whatever. Anyway, we saw that one of us was having an issue. And the usual thing is you go to the cast member at the entrance, they just rescan you in and it triggers, it activates the max pass and it wasn't working. And I think it took us a couple Probably of people to hour. help us. And yeah, it was some between 15 minutes to a half hour, which Disneyland thing is you get there really early you go to your attractions get your max passes and you know you can do a lot of attractions in the first two hours of park opening mm-hmm. and then it kind of goes to a crawl afterwards so back to you joanna to tell the rest of the story <laughs> so yeah it was taking a long time um for everything to, i think there was something happened where you had to print out a paper ticket and then like two printers weren't working oh it yeah was, it was just the printers weren't working so That's right. random like terrible luck honestly but um i was wearing my lucky socks that day and anybody can tell you this now, especially the four of us there, those are lucky socks. They are. Because I don't know, I just decided to go over to guest relations because I was in the park because um, I made it through. Matthew was doing his video because, you know. I pod- was getting social media content podcast. for all, all of you listening. <laughs> that, that photo you love of Disneyland on Main Street, if you've ever seen it during Christmas, that was waiting for Mike to enter the park. So, <laughs> so you know what? You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. So I decided to go over to guest relations because I'm like, I don't know, maybe something will come from this. And there was actually only one other person in line ahead of me at guest relations, which I thought was a surprise. But again, we were really we're there early. But I was wearing my Walt Disney World sweatshirt um, in Disneyland. And the cast member at guest relations immediately was like, oh, were you an East Coaster? Is Disney World your park? And I'm like, yeah, you know, normally 
we only come here maybe every, I only been here maybe like twice in my life and it's been like five years since my last trip here. And we had a really terrible experience at the kiosks. Um, my friend couldn't get in and we were second in line. And I just wanted to know if there was a way to get maybe a fast pass for the four of us. I asked for one fast pass because I knew that really. That's all we lost. That's all we really lost. Maybe we lost one opportunity for a fast pass. And, you know, she was amazing. Uh, quite a nice magical moment there. She continued to talk to me about Walt Disney World and like, she said that Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is her favorite ride. Um, and I'm like, well, I mean, being a Walt Disney World person, obviously I'm in love with Tower. And she goes, yeah, I really miss Tower. And I'm like, well, Walt Disney World is the OG Tower, like the original Tower of Terror. So you got to get down there. And she goes, and she says, oh, I haven't been there in so long since, and I was too young to ride it. Talking, talking, talking. She goes, so what, what attractions were you thinking about doing? And I'm like, well, I know we definitely wanted to get um, Space Mountain because it was hyperspace, hyperspace mountain. mountain. And yeah. I said, I know we wanted to get indie and world of color, but you know, just like I was said, like one of those. And she goes, no, I got you. She gave me four fast passes for the four of us. And we wow. booked it. Like we were going on everything. I think we, I think I rode hyperspace mountain because I, I don't know if it was either Matt or Mike that didn't want to go on it like a second time. That's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I rode hyperspace mountain like three times in that one day, all with, all with fast passes. Pretty much that entire trip was built off of fast passes. Um, Pays to be nice to cast members is the, the moral of the story. I, I mean, obviously, and I honestly, I really wasn't expecting so much from her. She was really giving me such a magical moment. And I was wearing my lucky socks. I mean, <laughs> wear your lucky socks, be nice to cast members, don't have expectations they're going to move mountains for you. But right, I, I sometimes really only, they do. Right. I only asked for just one <laughs> fast pass for, I, I think it was Space Mountain at the time. Yeah. Um, it could have been World of Color, though, but I think it was just space. And she's like, I'm going to do you one better. And then she goes, and then she gave me the fourth one because of Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. We were chatting about that. Yeah, that was that was a very <laughs> fun memory. I I, I love our, our Disneyland uh, adventures, too. That wasn't that, even the end. That wasn't even the yeah. end of the day. Oh, well, the, yeah. the day got better. Yeah, the day got better. I can't even that. remember. So, so I guess better is all in the eyes of the beholder. But uh, first, so. first, of all, no, no, first of all, after I came back and I was like, guys, I got us four, these four fast passes. Check your My Disney experience. I got a legitimate hug from Brian. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever experienced this, but it was a legitimate hug. <laughs> I was quite happy. <laughs> I can't remember uh, how it got better, Brian. So uh, two things happened. One was, um, so we went to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Oh, and, and it broke down. That's okay, right. Broke down. Tell the story. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. So we, we eventually get on it because, you know, there's lines and we do it. And we're almost at the very, very, very end. So if you ride the version in Disneyland, you know, you kind of go up the hill at the very end and then turn into the station. We went up the hill, but before we turned, the emergency brakes went on and the ride got shut down and they did have to evac us. But because of the position of our train, we were actually the last ones to get evac because before they could let us off, they had to strap down the train because it had a risk of rolling back down the hill. Which so, we <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we were kind of not freaking out, but low key freaking out because we had a fast pass to do California Screaming, which is in the complete opposite park. So you're talking about a solid 15 minute walk. And we planned it just to make sure that we could get other fast passes that we had maybe a half hour buffer, 15 minute buffer, something like that. 
Um, so we're like, yeah, there's no way we're going to get it. So we're just chatting, whatever, taking but pictures. Brian, because... I had my socks. <laughs> you did have your socks, which is why. Yeah, don't this, forget about the socks. This, that's why this is even best, because not only do you get stuck on the railroad, which is awesome because we're nerds like that and love getting evac off of rides. Yes. But we got a fast pass for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad to come back and ride it again later. And California Screaming ended up getting shut down. So we got a fast pass to use whatever, wherever and whenever. Um, so we definitely lucked out on that one too. Yeah. So yeah, it was a great day. It was a great day. <laughs> and we still rode all of Thunder Mountain too. So before we talk about the uh, the future, are there any other stories that we missed um, from the past that sort of stand out from from your trips? Yes, because we talked about Disneyland. So uh, there's a particular memory that I have. So uh, we were all there as a family and we were going to California Adventure. And there was a certain attraction that a certain somebody wanted to go on really badly. And uh, so uh, it would be Michelle. And oh, she yeah. really liked this attraction called Goofy's Sky School, which is, if you don't know, it's, it's basically it's your standard mouse roller coaster ride. And uh, for those who don't know, I, especially back then, I used to be a thrill junkie. So the wildest, most twisted, the fastest coasters ever, I went on all of them. Like any, anything that would beat a record, I wanted to be on it every single time. So I said, sure, why not? Nobody else wanted to go on this ride. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go on this ride with you, Michelle. So we go on this ride and we go up the hill and things like that too. And I don't remember the last time I was on a mouse ride, um, but this is first time that we turned a corner. I felt the entire cart because because it's such a sharp turn, you the momentum pushes you to the side so hard and fast that I felt like I was going to fall out of this thing. <laughs> and every turn afterwards, I yelled, never again, Michelle, <laughs> never that again. That lives in my head. I cannot believe I forgot about that. <laughs> None of us wanted to do it <laughs> for, for that reason. Well, now I knew my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were a blast, but I was younger I, I love those too those mouse coasters they're fun. good you two can go on it together because i don't know if i'll ever do that <laughs> maybe one. maybe next year <laughs> maybe next year maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year um that's that's actually a pretty funny story were there any others yeah i have one uh, so I, I had a feel i think brian had another one you wanted to tell <laughs> yeah so talking about uh rides breaking down and also traumatic experiences um so one year um we were doing a family vacation and Mike and I had gone in uh, a day before our folks were flying out. And so we got in um, and we had like an early afternoon landing or something like that. So we had enough time to go to a park. So we're like, we checked into our hotel, headed over to Magic Kingdom, and it just had a major storm come through. And Magic Kingdom was just dead. And we're like, yeah, let's go do Splash Mountain. So just, we went over. Just to clarify, by the way, because uh, I'm going to jump in this story a little bit, is that when we mean dead, I mean, we were in Adventureland. And you could not see a single person anywhere. That's crazy. It was really bizarre. And it was now getting uh, later in the day. So it was darker out. And you really knew it was it had gotten uh, a major storm because it was just flooded everywhere. So that's why it really drove people away. But yeah, like Mike said, it was just, you didn't see anyone. So we walked through to the queue to get into Splash Mountain. No one in front of us, no one behind us. We're just walking through the entire queue. 
we get to, and this is a literal walk on. There was no one in front of us. So we get into a log, we have our own log and we go through the attraction and, you know, we're going through, we do most of the scenes. And then just before the bunny hill, um, we get, we get stuck (laughs) and which happens from time to time on Splash Mountain. Anyone who's been on Splash Mountain several times knows that that's a common place for you to kind of stop for a second or so before you move on. But we stopped. Log came behind us, hit us, no one in that log. Another log came in, hit us, no one in that log. And then the entire, so it's in one of the curved sections of one of the show scenes, the entire curve was just covered with logs with not a single soul in it. That is so creepy. And then the lights turn on. And so now you can see the bunny hop in front of you and you're like, okay, this is weird. And they send the message, you know, say, you know, please sit, uh, stay seated, all that fun stuff. And we're just sitting there and Mike and I are like, what the hell is going on? And just, <laughs> we must've been there for like five minutes and no one came. We're like, what the hell's going on? Did the ride shut down? Who, you know, are they evacuating? Just didn't know we were here. What the hell? And then the ride started back up, but the lights stayed on. So we went through the bunny hop with the lights on. And then the light, as we were at the very end, it, they turned the lights off and we continued the rest of the attraction. But it was the most bizarre thing we had ever seen. And it was just so dead, not a single soul. And then we get off the ride and still no one's there. We just get off and go uh, to the next attraction. It was so weird. That sounds like the Twilight Zone. That's it really I was, is. I'm, I'm glad you said that because there's another story that you guys have that I think is amazing. And it involves the Tower of Terror and I'll also involves one. a storm. Go for it, Mike. <laughs> does it involve a storm? Maybe you have a different story. It doesn't involve a storm. It does involve a storm. Maybe it doesn't involve a storm, it's but it does, involve, it does involve a bellhop, right? Yes. 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 Go okay. For it, Mike. So I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell the story. So during this time, there was a, a tradition that my brother and I were having um, where for some odd reason, when it's just the two of us in the parks, at some point in time, something happens on one of the rides. So this was like we had Splash Mountain, like like it would be maybe something super minor or weird. But for some reason, we just had this tradition happening where something will happen and we actually came to expect it. So this time it came around with Tower of Terror. And so we go on the attraction and one of the bellhops decided to join us this time around, which in itself is a little unusual, but you know, (laughs) again, like we're like, okay, this is interesting. And this guy was a crack up. So he was making jokes the whole ride. And one of my favorites was you'll go up um, the, you know, when you go up the elevator shaft and then you open up into this hallway and you hear, you know, it's raining, it's pouring. And then you see in the background, like you see, uh, you know, th- things moving around. And all of a sudden, you see the entire hallway become this starry eyed ominence. And you see the window crash. And as soon as you have this very creepy silence, the bell pop goes, I'm sorry, but um, for anybody that was on this level, your rooms have disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> The entire, <laughs> everyone just bursted out laughing. It was just, it was like the perfect, most perfect moment. Then if you, and I'm sorry if this is spoilers, I don't care. If you haven't read the ride is like point, 25 years old. It's 25 so. years old. It's come and gone for you. So you go up to the next and I guess heads up spoilers. You go up a little bit further and then the doors open up again into this like weird, like, attic but also kind of like outer you know out of this world twilight zone kind of the fifth area dimension the fifth dimension thank you yeah. and he just goes 
I don't remember this floor at all. <laughs> <laughs> like he just kept on going. He and so we go, and, it, it, and like, and then we come out and then we do the whole attraction, everyone, you know, you know, and you know, we go, go through the whole thing. And then afterwards we um, you get down to the bottom, the bottom of the attraction, and then you start pulling back. And then if everyone uh, who's been on the ride knows you like, you go back a little bit and then it kind of turns and then lets you out. Well, the ride didn't turn and we just kind of sat there and we just sat there. And so the bellhop was trying to be nice and, and crack jokes along the way. So uh, I know one of Brian's favorite parts, uh, <laughs> he always liked to mention, you want to mention that part? Yeah. So there are, you have the little lights that are uh, the little light bulbs. Well, one of them was out and he spotted that. He's like, oh, well, th- there's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just little things like that. It was like little things like that. And we're hearing like people going off on the ride and things like that. So we know it's still working, but we're just kind of like sitting there. And like, it was a long time. It was at least five, 10 minutes. Like we were just kind of sitting there. And even at one point, he even said, okay, now I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. <laughs> so we just kind of sat there for a while. But eventually at some point, um, somebody came up to us and said, yeah, no, you know, something's wrong. So they actually had to, they couldn't turn couldn't turn the vehicle so they actually had to bring out a step and we had to actually go out of the attraction into onto the actual track of the of the ride and then we actually cool. got escorted out behind it where the vehicles would normally go to get reset back into into the left again so we actually got to go in the back so we actually technically got evac'd off the ride even though we were basically two steps away from the exit that is so cool. I, so I, when you were mentioning the creepiness of Splash Mountain, that reminded me of Tower of Terror and your story from that. I thought that was just so cool. And I was confusing it. There was another story that I had. I don't know if it was yours or somebody else's where they were riding Tower of Terror during a thunderstorm and they had the lightning strike in the distance that like visibly they, the doors had opened. They could see the lightning strike. And as it struck, it dropped. And oh, so yeah, was that was us. That was OK. So I wasn't totally <laughs> that wrong. That was us. <laughs> But it wasn't but the same. It wasn't the same story. No, that was a different. Yeah. That was a different time. But that's a cool I'm, experience. I knew I cool had heard experience. that one before. Yeah, that one yeah. did happen to us, and I'm trying to remember if that happened in Disneyland or Disney World. So probably Disney World. If there was, a I would assume Disney World. I would, put, I would put bets on. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. But that I do remember that actually. I do remember that happening. Yeah. So clearly, with a lot of these stories, it's it's obvious why we. Uh, we have such fond memories and we can literally talk about this for hours or in this case, you know, tuning it down to even just an hour and a half of, of discussing uh, our family memories, which, which leads into a little bit of the, the future as well. Um, you know, I'd imagine that we're going to be just like our parents did for us, bringing these traditions and legacies forward into the future. Um, one person who's kind of secured that already is Brian. <laughs> so um brian i want to call you out specifically and ask what um what led you to uh to disney vacation club so for the past several years um our folks have uh the marriott vacation club and so we've been very fortunate where we'll go there and we'll stay either on points or um through the Marriott Vacation Club, they have these getaway deals. And a lot of times the Marriott Vacation Club, um, right at, uh, was it the World Center or something like that? The Marriott that's right by Epcot. um, They have a vacation uh, club right there. And you can usually get those rooms as part of this um, trade thing, these getaways. It was like usually about 500 bucks for an entire week for a two-bedroom villa, something like that, which was amazing. But as the years kind of progressed, 
those rooms weren't becoming available anymore. And so that's how we were staying with our folks and everything. And uh, I think the last time all of us had gone there, um, my parents weren't even able to get a getaway. And so they had to trade a week to get one of the other villas there. And uh, just because of that, and now knowing that my parents are going, um, kind of doing their own trips, and I've been going doing my own trips, that I can't rely on that to kind of stay on, on uh, near Disney. And so I was thinking, okay, well, where will I end up staying? And I love staying on property sometimes, but it can get very expensive. And sometimes it's hard to justify that cost uh, when you have kind of other offsite options. And I think the big trigger for me was just before um, COVID, I had gone to uh, Orlando for a, a work trip and my parents had a voucher um, for some other trade um, vacation club in the area. So I went over there and I stayed there and it was awful. Um, just not the standards I was used to with Marriott and also with just Disney properties in general. So I kind of was thinking, okay, well, I always hear about the Disney vacation club. I'm fortunately in a good position where financially where I could afford something. So I looked into it. I crunched the numbers. I listened to um, different podcasts. So Matt, you had Chad on here. Uh, so I listened <laughs> yes. to that podcast and actually some of his podcasts and um, his community to just get more information on it and decide that it was something that would make sense for me because I do travel to Disney World. I try to go once a year. Sometimes uh, it's every other year. Um, but I'm, I live on the West coast. So going to Hawaii, isn't that big of a deal for me, um, for time-wise. So that was something that I would definitely want to do. Um, I haven't been there before, but I would love to go there. So you have Olani, um, yeah, technically you have California, uh, Grand Californian with villas, but I know those are really hard to get, but it just, if I could get those, I figured it was a good opportunity. I do travel to Disney enough where it can justify the costs. And it basically brings the price of a deluxe hotel down to something more in like the, the moderate range. So for me, it made total sense. And, you know, Disney keeps on up in the game, coming out with newer attractions. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is awesome. I'm really excited to get onto Rise of the Resistance, hopefully. So for me, it's just, I always see myself going back and, you know, eventually I'm going to have a family of my own and I would love to take them as well. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, very, uh, you know, looking forward to, to you being able to use that uh, in the future and probably joining us on, on Disney vacations as well. Um, I guess, uh, speaking of the future, one of the things Rashawn and I always spoke about growing up was, uh, bringing our kids to Disney together, which, uh, we're, I think more fortunate than we we even thought in our kids going to be uh, a month apart from each other. So um, I'm I'm going to be looking forward to uh, to that. But I guess a sort of wrap up question is, um, you know, as you're looking towards the future of of Disney trips, how are you envisioning um, carrying this legacy forward? Silence. <laughs> That's a hard question. I mean, Matt hit the nail on the head for the two of us, you know, with our kids who are going to be really close in age, you know, even closer than Matt, you and I were in age. Like we were, we were, we were, we were close enough in age, two and a half years apart where we got to just enjoy everything so much together that it's going to be so cool to, and, you know, it's interesting because you know, Joanna went to Disney when she was younger, briefly, but now goes all the time with you, where same thing with Louie before we met, 
you know, like I said, he hadn't gone and now we've kind of recruited him a little bit into our group. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really nice because, you know, it's going to be, you know, even at least the four of us, plus our kids being so close in age, you know, we're going to have that experience that we had being so close in age. Um, And, you know, to bring Mike and Brian into this too, just them being, you know, cousins is going to be so, so special. And then when they have their own kids, you know, at some point, just having it grow, you know, our reunions, like you said, Matt, you know, it was 20 some odd people for one of our reunions that just imagine how much more it's going to grow. I mean, we're going to literally be like one of those, you know, tour groups with the flags and (laughs) t-shirts and, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just going to be really nice to be able to do what our parents did, like you said, and carry down that tradition. And I think each person has someone that they're bringing to the table. Like, you know, the fact that Brian, you know, now has his timeshare and, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's really exciting to look forward to. And, you know, there's so many memories that I can't recall when I was so little that it's going to be really nice seeing it through our kids, kids eyes. Um, so I'm just looking forward to that. You know, know, with adults, it was nice seeing it through, through Louis's eyes for the first time when he went, uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. When we went to Pandora, he was right. Flight of passage for the first time. (laughs) Blown away. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. Just having anyone new, whether they're young or older is so awesome for us because we've been going for so long and just, just to see that awakening in someone else is everything. And I, I do want to say that you guys, your kids are going to be very fortunate because, you know, Matt, when I think about us, you know, we're six months apart and same thing, our parents are very close. And so just having those memories together, you know, when we were living in New York and being so close and then doing all these trips together and, you know, now we're in our thirties and we're still doing trips together and, you know, um, we have one coming up. Well, as we're recording this, it's coming up. It'll be in the past. It's released. It'll be the past. Exactly. Yeah, um, nice but just, <laughs> just having, <laughs> right. Yeah. Continuing on the tradition of birthday celebrations. Um, but it, it's, I consider myself so fortunate to have our relationship and, you know, I'm really excited for your kids because you guys will have the same thing. Just expanding Yay. upon the relationship. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not crying. Uh, <laughs> You're crying. No. Um, well, obviously, I mean, family, the, the family is important to us. Um, Disney has been a catalyst. It was a, a theme of the, the episode I did with our parents. I mean, Disney was sort of a catalyst for creating those Disney, those family memories. And I think it's, it's one of the things that attracts a lot of families to Disney and what will keep us um, going back to Disney to relive those memories to Michelle's point and seeing them again for the first time through the guys of our children and, and also new experiences um, that we'll have as families together with new attractions. Brian mentioned new attractions that will be coming out and changes to the parks and getting to see everything new together for the first time. But um, it's fun reliving the past too and, and talking about these memories. So I'm so glad we did this episode and that we uh, talked a little bit about some of the uh, our personal memories, but I think ones that a lot of those listening will probably relate to and, and have similar stories to share. But um, so I want to thank, you know, Mike and Brian and Joanna for coming back onto the show. 
And Michelle, again, I'm sorry it took four years, but I'm so glad I was able to get you on this episode <laughs> as well. Um, but thank you so much for uh, for sharing all these wonderful family memories of our times going to Disney. Thanks for putting this together. It's so special to have this and be able to talk about it. Be like a personal home video that we'll be able to go back and relive. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us Absolutely. on Absolutely. Thank you so much. And with that, we close out episode 114 of the Imagineer podcast. I hope you enjoyed this really heartfelt personal discussion about our Disney family memories together. I'm sure many of you or I hope many of you related to this conversation, whether you were fortunate enough to visit the Disney parks as often as we have, or even if you have just one or two Disney family memories, or even if you haven't been to the parks and you just remember watching the films together, I hope that this conversation relates to you. And of course, I want to hear your feedback as well and turn this conversation over to you and hear what your favorite Disney family memory or tradition is. You can send me your answers and feedback as always in so many different ways. You can reach out on social media and I would encourage you to follow Imagineer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Imagineer Podcast on Twitter at Imagineer News. And you can also join our Facebook group. I'd encourage you to do so to chat about this topic and all things Disney with myself and with other members of this listener community. Our Facebook group is called The Imagination, also called The Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community. And you can find links to all of these places over at ImagineerPodcast.com. If you'd like to send me your answers in an email or send any feedback about the show, I would encourage you to send me a direct message on any social media platform or to send me an email at matt at imagineerpodcast.com and matt is spelled m-a-t-t so it's m-a-t-t at imagineerpodcast.com if you don't already subscribe to the show make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button whether you're listening on apple podcasts amazon music spotify uh, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast app. And that'll ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. You can even set notifications, which I would encourage you to do on any podcast app. That way you do get notified on your mobile device whenever a new episode becomes available. I also want to thank the more than 550 of you. We're almost at 600 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is amazing. I'm so humbled by the positive reviews of this podcast. It has pushed me to continue to make the show even better for you. And I promise I am doing everything I can to continue to deliver some optimism and joy through this podcast community. And of course, some Disney knowledge as well. If you haven't left uh, if you haven't yet left, I should say, a rating in Apple Podcasts, definitely consider doing so. It really helps our podcast out because it increases our relevance. Even if someone is searching just for Disney, it helps us pop up a little bit earlier in the podcast search. And it also helps those who discover the podcast know what they can expect when they click play on a podcast episode. So I would encourage you to leave us a rating and a review in the Apple Podcast Store. And again, I'm so grateful to those of you who have rated the show in the past. Of course, a very simple thing to do, something that 
will really help the show out and is so simple is just to share out the podcast, whether you share out your favorite podcast episode, the podcast as a whole, even our posts on social media, or even just letting your friends and family know, anyone who loves all things Disney, that this podcast exists. That really helps this community continue to grow. And I am always so happy to bring more positive Disney fans into this community to help to keep Imagineer Podcast a family-friendly, positive environment. And thanks to all of you who continue to help make that dream of this optimistic environment come to reality. And if you'd like to take your love of Imagineer Podcast to the next level, definitely take a look at our Patreon group, which is over at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's a way that you can help to support the show financially. Because of our Patreon members, we have been able to improve our audio equipment, to continue to pay for all of the expenses of the show, and to try out new platforms and new ideas and new things. It's all thanks to the Patreon members who continue to support the show. So I want to thank all of our Patreon members and encourage you listening to consider joining this group because no matter what level of commitment you uh, agree to, First of all, you can cancel at any time, which is great. So you can even join for one month, see if it's right for you, and then cancel if it's not. No harm done, no hard feelings. Um, but so far, I have to say that most people who join Patreon tend to stay for a while because there's a lot of bonus content you can unlock at every single level of membership. Things like early access to every podcast episode, bonus podcast episodes just for that group. You can get access to a closed Facebook group. We have weekly Disney Plus watch parties, which are so much fun. Monthly video calls as a group where we get together on Zoom and just talk about all things Disney in a, in a more um, personal and intimate way, which is just so much fun, a very casual environment. And there's so many other uh, perks to unlock and you can learn all about that again by heading to patreon.com slash podcast and those terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show so that's the best place to go to see what is currently available and I do want to thank our most recent hero member Jordan Jones thank Jordan thank you so much for committing uh, to the hero level of membership which is the highest level of membership at this point and I sincerely appreciate and look forward to connecting with you in this community. You also want to check out our partners. First, take a look at The Kingdom Insider over at thekingdominsider.com or The Kingdom Insider on social media to get the latest news about all things Disney. I follow them for the latest news and trust their their sources and their information, which is so important. So again, check them out at The Kingdom Insider. And when you're ready to book a vacation to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or any Disney destination, you'll want to look into our travel partner, Academy Travel. They are diamond earmarked, which is the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies. They can help you to book your next Disney vacation at no additional cost to you, help to alleviate the guesswork, take out a lot of the work involved with planning your next Disney vacation. And because they're aware of all the discounts you might be eligible for, they can even help to save you money. You can request a free quote from them, no obligation, by clicking on the travel links in the description of this podcast episode or by heading to imagineyourpodcast.com and clicking on the travel drop down there. Last but not least, I want to encourage you, as always, to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever it is that you want to accomplish. It's amazing how when you take that first step, 
that's sometimes the scariest step but the most important and it is the one that right after you do that if you continue to keep moving forward as Walt would say and enjoy the journey you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish. I also want to say on a personal note that this episode is all about Disney family memories and about my generation my cousins and my sister and myself um, and Joanna going to Disney together and knowing that we have a daughter on the way I am just over the moon, beyond excited for what's to come. I can't wait to share my journey with you as a Disney dad. And I know that so many of you listening can probably relate to our parents um, or grandparents who have been taking your kids or grandkids to Disney. I am just so excited to experience that journey as well, to share some of that journey with all of you through social media and through this podcast community and can't wait for the future in store for all of us. Remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Do some environmental tests. Uh, put up two, five, and seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. Okay. You ready to make some history? I'm ready already. Let's go! I'll decide when we're ready to go! We're ready to go. I'd take my chances. I think you better go back. With Tinselhead here at the controls, you're gonna be French toast by breakfast. Listen, Blinky! I know exactly what I'm doing! Will you stop this foolishness? What foolishness would you like to see? Will you get out of here? <gasps> yes! <sighs> Excuse me, Sam. What now? Uh, we're, we're almost ready, Sam. Oh, fine, 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 fine. Okay, thank you, Scooter. <clears throat> uh, now, the performers will all go in the theater first, and then you, the audience, will be admitted. Well, we're almost back from the future. Oh, it went by so quickly. Yes, but one of the nice things about traveling into the future is that the journey's just beginning. That's right. And I'll tell you something. If we can dream it, we really can do it. And that's the most exciting part. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Just make believe you're a tiny little seed. Rain upon that planet's earth. And they rain. And rain. And rain. The deluge. 
Okay, folks. Look, the show is all the way across town. But I got you a really fast car. To the car! Okay, wait. It's out in the alley. Hey, guys. 